remember Mr. Hooper on Sesame Street? Do you remember him back in the 70s? If you grew up in the 70s you, and you watched Sesame Street, so a lot of you are too young to remember Mr. Hooper. Mr. Mr. Hooper died in 1983. But Mr. Hooper had a store on Sesame Street. Okay? And Mr. Hooper had a game that he used to play. Right? Mr. Gilbert Hooper had a game that he used to play. He used to sing this song, Some of These Things Belong Together. You remember that song? Some of these things are kind of the same. Can you guess which one of these doesn't belong here? Now it's time to play our game. I promise I'll stop singing it. Your handout. It was given to us by Brother Carl Sims when he held a workshop this past fall using the open Bible study series of Bible study. And can you very quickly, by looking at your handout, can you very quickly see the difference between the two boxes? The open Bible study system is a series of yes or no questions that are in our foyer. So if you've ever wanted to look at these, feel free to, feel free to grab the set and study them yourselves. I'd love for you to be able to use these uh, Bible studies. A lot of us have learned how. The open Bible study system, again, is a series of yes or no answers to Bible questions from Scripture. And the very first Scripture, it, 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 there's a pink copy, a blue copy, and, and, a, and a gold copy. Lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. And the very first Scripture and the very first questions from lesson one come from Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. And the first question, the first question, yes or no, okay? First question in this series of study from this verse, has God given us everything that we need for life and godliness? Yes or no? Yes. Since all, now all, I guess all means all, since all has been provided, do you need additional information other than the Bible? Yes or no? No. We don't need additional information other than the Bible. No, we don't need this. But look now, isn't the left-hand column and the right-hand column in your handout, aren't they both from the Bible? Aren't both of these scriptures that are being shown in your handout, aren't these both from the Bible? Yeah, they are. The second set of open Bible study questions uses two verses. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 says having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace. And then Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Jesus, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it, to the cross. Then yes or no, here's the question. Has God abolished the law with its commandments and regulations? According to these scriptures. 
Well, yes. I mean, if we're honest about what the Scriptures say, we've, we've got to say yes. Now, here's the second question. Were the handwritten ordinances, the Ten Commandments, taken out of the way at the time Jesus died on the cross? Were they nailed to the cross? Brother Sim's question on your handout is, if the Old Testament has been nailed to the cross, what about the Ten Commandments? Must one obey the Ten Commandments? Yes or no? I want to help you answer this question in your mind this evening. To fully understand it, to fully get it in your mind, by showing you the purpose behind the Ten Commandments and what we follow today. Now, let's look at some facts. Our God is a, is a covenant maker. He's a covenant maker. He makes agreements with His people so that they know how to act and how to please Him. God doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't leave us guessing. God had an agreement with Adam and Eve. And they broke it. And in Genesis chapter 3, God had to make another agreement with them. Didn't He? God had an agreement with Noah, which Noah kept and God kept. And God continues to keep that agreement, doesn't He? God made a, a true covenant, though. He made a true covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. And God made a covenant, a true covenant, with the children of Israel after They had left Egyptian captivity. Moses, the leader of the chosen people of God, it says in Exodus 34 verse 28, met with the Lord 40 days and nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Again, that comes from Exodus 34 verse 28, which are on your handout. These commandments that were written on the tablets of stone are, are, are on your handout. And they are found and they are listed in Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17. Now, stay with me. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 13 says, It gives further facts that the children of Israel were commanded to perform these ten, which were written on the two tables of stone, and I assume they were, you know, five on each table since there were two and there were ten commandments. I'm just assuming that. The children of Israel were to obey these commands. All of them. Not some of them. All of them. In fact, to break them, at many cases, was under the pain of death, wasn't it? These tablets were held in high esteem. Hundreds of years later, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought to the temple by Solomon, says in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 9, Nothing was in the Ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there in Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And then if you look at verse 21 of that same chapter, 1 Kings 8, it says that Solomon declared he had made a place for the Ark 
in which is the covenant of the Lord. This covenant is also referred to as the law. The law. Not only does it include the Ten Commandments, but it includes the first five books of the Old Testament. They are included as well. The children of Israel went into captivity again. They they displeased God. God sent them into captivity. They were in captivity for for many years. And because they broke the law, because because they forgot God, and God allowed them to come back after their captivity. And Nehemiah states in chapter 8 that Ezra read the law in front of the people. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 14, they found that they should have a, a feast of booths or tabernacles. And this was found written in the law which the Lord commanded by Moses. And all eight days, all eight days in, of, of, of the feast in, in verse 18 of Nehemiah chapter 8, all eight days Ezra read from the book of the law so that we see that the law is the, the Ten Commandments. And it's considered all of the commandments found in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Genesis is included for its history timeline, for its promises, for its prophecy. It was all written by Moses. So the Pentateuch, it's a fancy word for the five books of the law. The Pentateuch, or the first five books of the Old Testament, are called the law. And when we look at the New Testament, it talks about the law. And and now look, context is everything when we go to the New Testament, all right? Context is everything. The majority of the time the law is mentioned, they're talking about the law of Moses. Such as as Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Therefore, my brethren... You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 and 40, he says that all the law and the prophets, they hang on two commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and the second, your neighbor as yourself. Jesus meant... All of the law hung on the first and second greatest commandments. And notice, notice next, if you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5, notice next who this law was given to. Notice who this law was given to. The law of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, including the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are written twice. Aren't they? Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Here they are. Deuteronomy chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. And Moses called all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today, that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, those who are here today. All of us who are alive, 
The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up to the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of, your Lord, of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not, will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that is your male servant and your female servant may rest as well with may rest as well as you. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by my hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly in the mountain from the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. Why did God... Make a covenant with the children of Israel and Horeb. Why? The New Testament asks this question and gives the answer. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19 says, What purpose then does the law serve? That's what we're asking, right? What purpose then does the law serve? Notice, it was added because of transgressions. Notice, till the seed, that's Jesus, should come to whom the promise was made. The New Testament tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law, the law, it says, was our tutor. The law was our tutor. Why? Notice, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, notice, we are no longer under a tutor. Was the law meant to last forever? Let me tell you something. If the law of Moses was meant to last forever, we should be obeying the law of Moses today. Let's let the Bible answer. We should not be afraid of the truth. Never be afraid of the truth. Was the law, including the Ten Commandments, 
Was the law supposed to be forever? Well, look at this verse. Exodus 31, verse 17. On the surface, it certainly seems so. It's supposed to last forever. Notice. It's speaking about the Sabbath. Speaking about the fourth commandment here in Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. That's the context. Okay? The Sabbath. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. What's the word? Forever. Forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now it says forever. Forever is forever, right? Dana, I'll love you forever. What do I mean when I say that? Am I not going to die one day? There's going to be no marriage in heaven, Jesus said in Luke. What do I mean by that? What do we mean by the word forever? Notice how the Bible uses forever elsewhere. Deuteronomy 18 verse 5, For the Lord your God has chosen him out of all your tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons, notice, forever. Now this is speaking about the tribe of Levi. That's the context here. The tribe of Levi. But wait, there's no tribe of Levi anymore. The Jews have been dispersed so much in our history that there is no tribe of Levi. There is no one that can trace their lineage back to the tribe of Levi. So what does it mean forever for? What does forever mean? Look here at Jonah. Jonah chapter 2 and verse 6. I went down to the moorings of the mountains... The earth with its bars closed behind me forever, Jonah said. Yet you have brought me up, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Now, how could God help Jonah if the bars of the earth closed behind Jonah forever? How could God help Jonah? That's what Jonah says, the, the, the bars closed behind me forever, yet you brought me up. Does forever mean forever? God saved him from the pit. So we, we learn here that forever has a time limit. <laughs> forever has a time limit. Now, forever has a time limit. And, and we look at that word forever. How about the word perpetual? That's a great $5 word, perpetual. Let's look back at Exodus 31, verse 16. Still talking about the Sabbath. All right? Still talking about the Sabbath. Perpetual, it carries a little more force to me. It means to continue without interruption an indefinite amount of time. Notice. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation as a perpetual covenant. Certainly seems that the Sabbath, and thus all the Ten Commandments, are perpetual. Notice how the Bible uses this same word elsewhere. Numbers 19 speaks of the laws of 
purification. It shall be a perpetual statue for them. He who sprinkles the water of purification shall wash his clothes. And he who touches the water of purification shall be unclean until evening. Huh. Hmm. That's perpetual too. But we don't do that today. Do we? We don't sprinkle water of purification and if we're touched by it, unclean until evening. It's perpetual. Look at Exodus 29 verse 9. And you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put the hats on them. The priesthood shall be theirs for a perpetual statue. You shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his descendants would perpetually be consecrated as priests. But we don't have Aaronic priests today. So what about this word perpetual? What about that word forever? Exodus 40 verse 15 helps us out. You shall anoint them as you anoint their father, that they may minister to me as priests, for their their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Aha! Now we've got the answer, don't we? Now we've got the answer. We have a clear look at the word forever. We have a clear look at the word perpetual. It's an everlasting covenant, an everlasting time. They were going to be the priesthood throughout, notice, their generations. Notice what the Hebrew writer says. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, that's what we've been talking about, for, for under it the people received the law, all the law, including the Ten Commandments. What further need was there that another priest should arise? It's talking about Jesus. Another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed... Of necessity, there is also, wait for it, a change of the law. As long as the Old Testament was in effect, so was the Sabbath. So was the priesthood. So were the washings. The second half of that coat hanger. The second half of that coat hanger, along with the law, was the prophets. And they concur with this forever perpetual time that the forever perpetual time, it was a limited time and it was limited according to God's plan and according to God's timetable. Notice what the prophet Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. 
Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Says the Lord, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Why did God do this? Why did God do this? The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, because he found fault with them. Let me skip back just a minute. And then he quotes what we just read. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 9, he quotes what we just read from, from Jeremiah and says in verse 13, In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. The first what? The first law. The first covenant. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The very same covenant which Moses put into the ark at Horab The Ten Commandments on the two tablets of stone. A symbol of all the law. You see, the old covenant was faulty. But now Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, inasmuch as He is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. The old covenant was needed, served its purpose, as we've read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Till the seed, Jesus would come and fulfill the law. As we've read in Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, the law was the tutor to bring us to Christ. And we no longer need a tutor. We no longer need a a tutor like the Old Testament. Christ came, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, to fulfill the law. And Romans chapter 8, verse... Romans chapter 10, verse 4... Paul writes, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, as we've read in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, the old law was nailed to the cross. So, verse 16, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths. Verse 17 says, which are a shadow. They're a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is Christ. Christ is not a shadow. Christ is the substance. Christ is the real thing. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, shifting gears on you just a little. Okay, stay with me. I know, I know, this, is, I know this is a lot. Okay, stay with me. Paul uses a marriage analogy. There's a lot of you out there who are married. Okay? Now, this is the analogy that he uses. The wife can't marry as long as the husband is alive. That's the analogy that he's using. But you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another. Christians are not under the old law, the old covenant. Paul said he became all things to all men to save some. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 20 and 21, And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. 
to those under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without law. Not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. So, the question in your handout still stands. Must one obey the Ten Commandments? No. No. But, but, Christian, the tutor has taught us well. The tutor has taught us well. And in the New Testament, the commands written on the tablets of stone are seen with with greater force and, and greater clarity. Let's look briefly at each command. Look at your handout. We're going to look at the handouts. This is the only thing that's going to be on the screen here. Look at your handout. Let's look briefly at each commandment from the old law. And it's New Testament clarification. It's New Testament counterpart, if you will. I don't like to use the word counterpart, but it's clarification. There's more force and there's more clarity in the New Testament for each of these. If you would, if you'd like to, you could turn to Exodus chapter 20. You can turn to Exodus chapter 20. If you're the type of person, if you're one to write in your Bible, write the New Testament equivalent next to each one of these. Okay? Exodus chapter 20. The first of the ten is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. But the New Testament gives even more clarity and force. John chapter 17 verse 3 says, God is the only true God. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and and Him only shalt thou serve. More, More clear, more forceful. Number two, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. It's even more forceful. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, they are even forbidden to have that in their lives. Keep yourselves from idols, little children. Number three, from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Matthew chapter 5, verse 34 says, Swear not at all. Jesus is more forceful. It's a little more clearer. Jesus goes to the intent of the heart when he talks about this. Next, Exodus 20, verse 12. It's found also in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Sixth commandment, do not murder. Some translations say kill. The better translation there is murder. Exodus 20, verse 13. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, it says that if you hate, you murder. See, Jesus has a little more force. The Bible, the New Testament has a little more force with it. A little more clarity. Even if it goes to the intent of the heart. Number 7, Exodus 20, verse 14. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. James chapter 2 verse 11 says the same thing. But also Matthew chapter 5 verses 27 through 32, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already. See, Jesus brings more force. He brings more clarity to the commandment. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. It's the same commandment in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Romans chapter 13 verse 9, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the summation of the law, it says. The summation of the law is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to sum all of the law up, Genesis, Exodus, Genesis, Numbers, Deuteronomy, including the Ten Commandments, if you want to sum it up, love your neighbor as yourself. Number 10, from Exodus 20, verse 17, Thou shalt not covet. Covetousness is to desire is to desire something that's rightfully another's. That should not even be named among you, it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 9, and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. That should not even be named among God's people. Here they are. Ten commandments. Well, Chad, you know, you're not a tricker. You're trying to be a tricker, but you're not slick. I forgot one, didn't I? Did y'all notice which one I forgot? We're still playing our game. None of these things belong together. None of these things are kind of the same. Can you guess which one of these doesn't belong? I promise I'll stop singing. Should we keep the old law? No. We are to fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Are all of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, are all of the Ten Commandments, look at your sheet, are all of the Ten Commandments on the, on the left-hand side, are all of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament shown with more clarity and more force? No. Brother Sim's question at the bottom of your page, which commandment is never given in the New Testament? There is no command, no verse with force or clarity, which commands the Christian to keep the Sabbath. You know, wherever you go to worship, wherever you go to worship, the place where you worship teaches one of four positions on this. I know we have some visitors here today. And we've had some folks that have come out of denominationalism. Think back. Wherever you go to worship, the place that you worship teaches one of four positions on the day that Christians are supposed to worship. What day are we to worship? Here's four views. First view. Sabbatarians teach that Saturday is the day that Christians are to worship. 
the Catholic Church teaches that the Pope changed the day Christians were to worship from Saturday to Sunday. Then there is the Protestant view that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath. The Sabbath day is still the Sabbath day. We just happen to call it Saturday in our English language. The seventh day of the week. The Protestant view cannot be found in Scripture. It's just not there. The Pope may have changed a lot of things for the Catholic denomination, but he has never been the head of the church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that he was going to build his church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 says that Jesus is the head of the church, not the Pope. And as we've seen, the old law, including the Ten Commandments, including Sabbath worship, were nailed to the cross. 100% of the Old Testament was abolished. Not one person prior to Moses ever heard of the Sabbath law, much less kept it. The Bible says that the meeting day of the Christians after the resurrection was the day after the Sabbath. The first day of the week, what we call in our language Sunday, and in Spanish I think it's Domingo. It's the first day after the Sabbath. Sabbath day is still the Sabbath day. It's how we know when the first day of the week is. It's the first day after the Sabbath. In Greek, it's prone sabbaton. First of the Sabbaths. This is the day, Acts chapter 20, verse 7, that Christians gathered together to take the Lord's Supper, an act of worship. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37, if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. Notice, notice with me, notice with me, church, just a few hundred words later, Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also on the first day of the week. Let each of you lay something aside. If you love the Bible, answer honestly. Did the first century Christians partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, which we call Sunday? Yes or no? Yes. Should Christians in this century partake of the Lord's Supper on any other day? Were the Christians in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, were they admonished to make a contribution on the same day the Christians in Troas, in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the same day that they partook of the Lord's Supper? 
Yes. Is it your understanding from the New Testament that the Lord's will for us is to love each other? John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. Is it your understanding from God's holy word that you should believe in Jesus Christ? John chapter, six, John chapter 3, verse 16. Is it your understanding? Is it the Lord's will that you repent? Jesus said, if, if you don't repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verse 3. Is it the Lord's will that you confess the name of Jesus Christ before others? If you confess the name of Jesus Christ before others, you will be saved. Out of the mouth, it's, it's the, the mouth has the confession, and that's unto your salvation. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Is it your understanding that you must be baptized to be saved? Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Is it the Lord's will from the New Testament that you do all in the name of Christ? That's the reason we end our prayers in Jesus' name. We're to do all in the name of Christ. Yes. Is it your understanding that we are to partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week? Is it your understanding? Does God in His Holy Word tell us that we're to make a contribution of our money, a free will offering on the first day of the week? Is it your understanding from the New Testament that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some are wont to do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Is it your understanding? Is it God's will that we bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ? Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Is it God's will, as we've done this evening, is it God's will that we are to sing and make melody in our hearts, that we're to sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord? Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Is it God's will that we pray? 1 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 1. Is it your understanding from God's Word that one must remain faithful to get the crown of life? Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Will it do you any good Will it do you any good to know God's will and not do it James chapter 4 verse 17 Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him that's sin Will you, commit, will you keep the commandments of Christ if you love Him? That's what it says. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. When should you obey the will of God? 
Now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Many here are faithful Christians. Some are not. Which one of you is a Christian? Which one of you is not faithful? Would you like to be? Would you like to be a Christian? Would you like to be faithful? This is the invitation for you to come forward and make your life right with God. We're here to help you. Come right now. Let's together.